Puddles in the morning, puddles in the evening, puddles in the afternoon. Well, I'm a puddle boy and she's a puddle girl. The Puddles podcast is starting real soon. All right, welcome to Puddles with Andrew Collin, a.k.a. Puddle Boy, a.k.a. Dry Dick, a.k.a. Poop Hands, a.k.a. Uh, 12 Falls, a.k.a. Old Gray Balls, a.k.a. ATC, a.k.a. AKA. Woo! We got a great show, boy. A great show. Uh, I mean, this guy, I mean, where I'm from, I mean, he's a legend. A goddamn legend. He's got a baseball field named after him. You know? Come on, man. I don't even have I, – I won't even get a bench. I won't even get a bench. In no, you will, you'll definitely get a bench. <laughs> that I'd have to pay for myself. This guy's got a shit ton of number ones in the country charts. He really is an incredible performer. And uh, Jake Owen, thanks for being here, man. It's awesome. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm glad to, to be not there. I'm glad to be kind of coming to you via Zoom, man, from – uh, Nashville, actually. I'm just outside Nashville, representing that Vero Beach uh, Grapefruit League behind me. Dude, I, do you, how great were freaking Dodger games back then? Just get so close to the players and just, I don't know. There's something to that, that spring training, and the, especially the Dodger Stadium, because, like, you could literally, like, you could pretty much pitch for them. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. I mean, you're right on top of the dugout, you know, and uh, – that was cool. I remember going to a lot of those games. We had plus we had good players came through Vero, like Vero for the Dodgers spring training. Like, I mean, I remember Daryl Strawberry came and uh, we waited all day for his autograph. My Jared and I, twin brother, uh, he walked right past us at the end. There was nobody else around. We waited all day to get his autograph. <laughs> like, Mr. Strawberry, we get your autograph. He he just kept walking. <laughs> really? He didn't stop? Yeah, I never forgot that. Well, he probably had to get to his cocaine dealer, you know. Yeah, Vero's pretty. You know, you know Vero. You know Vero. Well, I feel like in Vero, yeah, if you're if you're a baseball player buying cocaine, everyone knows about it that night somehow. You know, it's such a, it's a weird ta- like. I say that like so. I didn't really. You grew up in Vero Beach. I would you consider it a small town or is it? I. It's like right on the fence, kind of. Yeah, I think there's like small areas. You know what I mean? Like more than small towns. I mean, it's like it's like a few different towns in one small town, which makes it kind of small. I mean, you've got the beach side, you got the mainland side. You know, so. But um, don't you hate when people say that Florida isn't the South? Isn't that annoying? Yeah, actually, I've dealt with it my whole career playing country music because people say, "What do you? You're from Vero Beach, Florida. What do you know about country music?" And uh, that's, I mean, that's always been something that's kind of I've gone against honestly but uh yeah I don't know it's the south don't you think get it just across the bridge I almost had a picture I almost put a picture of the Merrill Barber Bridge behind me because here's the thing with with Florida and like it's just such an annoying conversation because every single time you meet someone from Alabama Mississippi and then you oh I'm from the south too oh yeah where are you from Florida what dude that ain't the south that ain't the south man that ain't well you're you're below me but you ain't South. And it's just like every fucking time it's the same – it's the same person. Every right. time. So I would consider it definitely the South, especially where we grew up. If you went 10 miles away from the beach, you're in Orange Groves. You know what I mean? Like you got people with big-ass trucks. You got people having sex with their sister. You know, it's yeah. just – it's really Southern, you know? I don't know. 
it's uh it's always been a pet peeve of mine and people always also talk shit about florida you'll say oh you're from florida like oh i'm sorry sorry you're from that state yeah yeah they always bring up the election where they like the miscounted votes like oh you guys can't count like what it was like i know i know well, right now, they, they, uh, there's just people partying on, be- on Jacksonville Beach right now, just sharing that corona, boy. <laughs> hey, uh, so, how, I mean, who made your sign for your show? That's solid. Yeah, I have a team that, like, each person has their own letter, you know, and then it comes together eventually. And then, you know, it, it, it costs an arm and a leg, but. I noticed like, while we're talking, you kind of keep looking up over like wherever into the abyss. And, and I was just wondering if that's like your people back on the other side, like yeah, camera crew and stuff back there. That's it's yeah. We got about 30. Look, dude, you're like, you're high depth right now. It's pretty. I fucking, uh, it is weird. I have no handlers. I have no management. I have no agent. You have people that clean or wipe your ass for you. You know, like when's, you know, I mean, not wipe your ass, that's but you not always, I mean, ah. Uh, I, I went from college down there in Tallahassee at Florida State and moved up here and got a record deal. And then, like, I was talking to someone earlier about this. Like, there's no there's no manual about – same way for you, right, comic. I mean, like, there's no – like, you can't just, like, understand, like, oh, this is what I'm going to be doing. Like, you're just thrown in different scenarios all the time. And um, you got to roll with it. Well, I mean, there's just – there's too many people coming at this, like, even early on in my life, like, coming at me from all angles. Having somebody to deflect that is kind of nice. But it is hard though, like, cause I, I'm not, you know, it's, it's weird. When you were, when you were, uh, I mean, I love your story. I mean, you were playing golf at Florida State. You hurt your shoulders wakeboarding. I mean, it's the most Florida story ever. You know, you know, you tripped over a manatee, and then next thing you know, you grab a guitar and you're on a stool. But like, oh, I need to write that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. I, 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 I swear I think I could write a good country song. I really do. I know, I know a lot of people say that. They're like, it's so easy. You just, you just, you're drinking beer, buy a fence. Have you ever seen that Bo Burnham where he's making fun of country music? I haven't seen that, but I, but he is very funny. He's really funny. I'm super into comics, man. I listen. I, I, I spend most of my time out on the road listening to like just stand-ups, like lots of good stand-up stuff. Yeah, dude. So when you were coming up, though, you did. You hurt your shoulder, and then you just – like what – I always feel like and uh, that you have a confidence to you that I can I, – I never maybe just being like a Russian Jew, like I never feel like I have it, you know, because I think – I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like what was it that that drove you and gave you the confidence to be like, yeah, I'll leave college early and uh, go to Nashville. I mean, they, they'll love me, you know. I mean, they're bound I don't, to. I don't know, man. I think there's always this thing that has been within me that I just – I kind of like the unknown and whether it would have worked out or not, I had to see. And, uh, and I'm just, I guess I've been lucky more than I have, you know, not because I like, cause I up here in Nashville, some people are so unbelievably talented that I look around even all these years later at having luckily had a record deal, excuse me for this amount of time. And the people around me just floor me how talented they are. And so, uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I just, put you, I think you got to like put yourself in the place and just let it ride. What was the first song you wrote or that like, that you really like that you were like, okay, all right. You know? Oh, uh, yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, the first song that I think like, 
I wrote that was on any of my albums that did pretty well it was the one that got away actually that uh that was a number one song and it was about beer like I, you know kissed her lips down on ocean drive you know where ocean drive is yeah, dude. you throw riverside in that in some of those songs bodies in there you know like <laughs> i mean there's only five places you could throw in you know <laughs> i mean yeah that's um i mean i remember your first album you know i me, i just like starting with me and then eight second ride i went and saw you at pop bellies i remember like that first tour and you were already fucking a star like you really you really do blow and starting with me i love that song so much you know and when did you write that one i don't I, like, uh, that was an early song i wrote that like pretty early when i first moved to town wrote it with a couple of buddies of mine kendall marvel who actually is a badass man kendall marvel uh has been out on the road with chris stapleton recently and, uh so we wrote that together my buddy jimmy Ritchie. um but yeah i don't know i kind of i'm always like from songs like i I'm always sitting to forget about songs I wrote yesterday, trying to write the song for tomorrow. Is that weird? No, it makes sense. I mean, I think that's what drives you. I mean, that's why you've had as many number ones as you had. You can't, I always feel like you're constantly, like you put out a lot of work, like probably, you know what I mean? Like you, some artists, they'll wait three or four years to put out an album, another I album. Think, I think mostly now though, man, it's been, it's, kind of nice because uh, i mean the people fought this whole digital age for a while but i think now people are starting to see that it's a really great way to quickly put out music which sometimes people would also argue is that good or bad you know putting out music too quickly when not letting people kind of digest it but i think if people are hungry for it you know just kind of feed them while they're hungry dude i mean barefoot blue jean night really did like change your life didn't it like did, when you first heard that song like, were you just like, oh, okay, this is good. Like, do you know? Uh, you think you do, right? You try to know. Uh, that one, I feel like I did, actually. And and it's funny because I don't know while I'm talking to you. I'm going to look through my email here. Um, I have, I think, the demo on my computer here. If I could find it, I'd play it for you. Cause it's oh, that'd be hilarious to hear. My buddy, um, Eric Pasley, who wrote this song. And uh, he's singing the demo. And people ask me all the time. And I was like, hey, you know, when you first heard the song, like, did you know? And um, I, like, I thought I did, but, uh, <laughs> but it didn't really sound anything like it. So I don't know. I'll have to find it. If I can pull it up. I'll yeah. chat. We just spend an hour. You just searching for, for the song. Yeah, what, is, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I freaking, yeah, that song. I mean, it's just crazy how music, one song can change your freaking life. Like it's different than stand up. Like you can't just have one. Actually, if you write the right bit, it could get viral. But do but people you, ask you that ever on your own show? I mean, in your own eyes and like if someone asked you that before, like, how do you, I mean, what, cause people ask me that all the time. How, how, how did that happen, man? How, how do you get to, from a guy just writing songs to a guy that people know, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> I, I I still don't have the answer, and because I don't know, I, I, don't. I would say that for you, I mean, like me, like so. Nikki Glazer is a big comic. She she like believed in me. It takes one person to really believe right. in you. I mean, so Kenny Chesney kind of believed in you early, right? And then what happened? Yeah, he had his whole crew. Um, they well, he took me on tour early on, which was great because for a guy like me, I was managed at the time by the same managers, and. uh they, as a favor, you know, kind of put me out there on tour with him. 
And uh, thanks to that, because I was just a guy that nobody knew, and all of a sudden got to jump out on a summer tour and play in front of, you know, 13 to 15, 20,000 people, which is really nerve wracking because I didn't, I wasn't at that place where I probably deserved it really at the time. Um, but hey, man, you just got to roll with it and, and, and learn, learn to fail and from failing, learn to win. Yeah. And right, well, can you take me to that first arena show? Because people are still filing in too. Like I know me, like sometimes I'll have to host a show and people are still coming in. They're getting their drinks. They're not really paying attention to you as much as you'd like. Like, take me to that first show. How do you talk to Kenny Chesney before the show? Do you look at him like, like he's even a real person? And how nervous are you before performing? Do you feel like you're going to forget your lyrics? Do you feel like you're going to forget a chord? You know what I mean? Like, does that shit go through your head? Because I know me, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a rat boy. Like, I'll, I'll have the shits. I'll be walking back and forth. I don't, I, you know, I, I've gotten better. But sometimes I think the more you do it, you still like can get even more anxiety. I, well, I think though, what you guys have as comics is way different than, I mean, we're both entertainers, right? Like when you walk on a stage, like just cause you have jokes or just cause you have songs doesn't mean that somebody's going to like buy into that. Like it's the way you sell it, the way you entertain people. And uh, I don't know, man, it's always been interesting to me that you guys can walk out there with a with just a microphone, that's it. Yeah. People are sitting there like this, like, dude, make me laugh, fucker. You know what I mean? Like, make me laugh. Like, you walk out, they've already judged. You're like, this guy's not even funny, hasn't said anything. I and know, but I just feel like, I know, we can just keep going back and forth. But, like, so you're at that first arena show. You get called up. It's like you're getting called up to the big leagues. It's like you find that, like, red car or whatever. You're like, you're going up, boy. And so, say, what was the first arena show? Was that the first arena show you did was with Kenny? Yeah, yeah, it was actually in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, um, and uh, it was outdoors. Um, Hershey, Pennsylvania, if you haven't been, is famous for Hershey chocolate. You can yeah, smell, yeah. smell it in the air. And, uh, yeah, first first show there, it was pretty cool. But I will say my buddy, shout out, uh, Marty Fish, also from from Vero, always told me, because he was he turned pro so early as a tennis professional, and said, man, if you ever make it, I'm going to come watch you one day. Like, like when you open for Kenny Chesney or something, I was like, yeah, right. Okay. And sure enough, dude, Hershey, Pennsylvania, Marty Fish was front row. He was, it was the coolest thing. So you look down and that give you some ease to see him kind of. Yeah. yeah. My, my parents were there. I got way, way hammered that night. Like so stupid hammered and like was an asshole to people. And it was just like, not, it wasn't a good night. Uh, and I look back on it. I mean, it was just bad. I mean, it was a good experience, but it was because I think I was so nervous. Getting back to your original question, I tend to drift if you haven't noticed. Uh, no, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I definitely think, like, depending – I don't drink now, but, like, yeah, I definitely would – when I first was doing stand-up, I'd get fucking hammered, you know? And, and, and I'd be like, oh, I'm funny when I'm drunk. And then you're freaking just up there just like, yeah, I'm loose as a goose. But then you're not aware. You're not present. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've performed with some, you were performing with Jimmy Buffett recently. I mean, that's gotta be weird, dude. It's just gotta be like, you're looking over and that's fucking, like, he went to Paris, like pirates, you know, fucking looking at 40. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird, man. It's like, dude, these are your heroes and now your contemporaries. Well, you know, I mean, growing up in Vero, I mean, everybody in Vero, especially like around Riverside Cafe, there was a band called the Land Sharks that used to come through there. I played there on Sunday afternoons for like a fish sandwich and 50 bucks, and then they would play after. Um, 
And so if you had to know Jimmy Buffett songs, and then this past year at our charity event, which was our 10th year, um, Jimmy Buffett came and played and it was, it was amazing, man. It was really cool. And, uh, Vera loved it. We raised a bunch of money, but yeah, it's like to stand there and look next to me while he's playing. It's never, I, I never th- like thought that would ever happen. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but dude, sometimes you just, you realize you, you open your eyes and you're in a situation that's something that like manifests itself. I know. I, I mean, yeah, the, uh, being from Vero too, I mean, you played sports growing up. I mean, do you think that that gave you like confidence? Like, cause you were a good athlete. Do you think that helps? Like when we driving you now and how hard you work? Cause how the hell do you memorize so many damn songs? Really is what I want to know. Like how the fuck do you have, you are a wealth of knowledge. You have so many, you probably have 3000 songs in that freaking dome of yours. I don't know, man. I've never put a number on it, but uh, I have surprised myself throughout the years on like how I can remember songs and words to every you know notorious B.I.G. song or Merle Haggard tune or like whatever some bluegrass song. But I can't remember where my wallet is right now. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea. Like where are my car keys? You know? Yeah. Well, one of your handlers has it. You know. No, not, not that bad, man. <laughs> the, um, I mean, going, living on, like going on the road, you were what, 22? I mean, it had to have been, were there any stories of like, I love like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Paycheck. You hear like stories about these guys. There was a live from the tour bus or whatever. That yeah, like, just, tour bus, yeah. I mean, do you have any stories from the road that, like, you know, they won't get you in trouble with your wife or, or your girl, whatever, you know, but you can tell them, like, that are, like, that are ridiculous? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we have tons of them. I mean, uh, yeah. Anything that stands out? Yeah, there's there's been funny, funny things over the years, man. But, like, I don't know. You, you the, the cool thing that I – I realized when I went on the road was, is that you really, you're a family with all these people and you're sleeping on a, in basically like a little coffin doing 80 miles an hour every night. And like every time the bus driver like slams on the brakes or something, you're like, Oh God, Oh God. Like you think you're, you know, everything good. But I mean, we've been good knock on wood for, for all these years. But, uh, I guess the craziest story, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's, there's been some good ones. We had a good night one night in Texas, and we had a guy who just came on playing guitar for us. I won't mention his name. Um, but he, uh, he, I guess earlier in the day, man, he just decided to get on it pretty good drinking. He hadn't even played a show, never played a show with us before. It was his first one. And, he was nervous. He was nervous. Uh, he was nervous, like you said earlier. And he drank, I guess, all day. I didn't know until I got on stage that night, and I realized that, like, their guy wasn't playing guitar at all. He was just kind of standing there, like looking at all, looking at all of us. And then when he would play, it wasn't even the right song. And it was like he was so gone, right? That all of us, and I could see my band leader going like, "What the fuck? Like what?" Because it was my band leader's responsibility at the time, like when we filled this guitar player to make sure he was tight. You know, it was our first show out there, and this guy's like basically falling over on stage. So it's not good. So we all get back to the bus after the um, show and we're ready for this guy to come in and say like, dude, what the, you know, what are you doing? And uh, we never came in the bus and we kept waiting and waiting and our bus driver gets back and he sits down and that he was kind of like a, like a sour old guy at the time. And 
he uh, cranks the bus on. When he cranks the bus on, where we have, we always had a, at the time we have our trailer behind the bus, but he has a camera that shoots down so he can see where he's back in the bus or his trailer. And there, this guy had this chick just like bent over behind the bus. Like they were just going to town, man. And he's like looking to make sure nobody's watching, but yet everybody inside the bus is watching this whole thing go down. And, uh, so then you got to have to respect them a little bit. You know? So yeah, he came back on the bus afterwards as if nothing had happened or we didn't know anything about it. And, uh, it was, man, it was not a good night for our man that night. And, uh, needless to say, that was his last show as well. Oh, for real? In and out? I can't. It's a funny story. Don't get me wrong, but I I can't afford. I thought this story was going to end with it. Now that guy's my best man, you know, (laughs) best man at my wedding. It's like, no, we fired his ass. (laughs) No. Yeah. We, well, he, we didn't fire him. You know, we just kindly said it's, we should probably not have that happen again. (laughs) What did he say? Was he just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, but you know what, to his credit, to his credit, uh, we all, man, the being on the road is a crazy place, and and I'm really lucky to be on on this side of it now. Because man, there were some years um, where it was just like, just kind of like, just really wild, man. Like not in the way when you think like Motley Crue and like you know, yeah, just, yeah. but just the way that like you don't see the you don't see the day to day life the same sometimes because and you know I mean like you're just in a blur, you're just going all the time. And uh, at the time when I was single and I didn't have little girls, um, I was just, man, I didn't have any reason to come home. And so I was just always looking forward to the next place to go and staying up late and like sleeping in and like my, it was, it was a weird time in my life, man. But now it's really cool to kind of look back on it and just be, like I said, be on this side of it. Did you have a moment where you were just like, like what month is like, what year is like, like where it hit you where you're like, yo, I need to like, get my shit together like i'm sure they're not a rock bottom but was there a moment where you were just like okay this is uh this i'm out of control a little bit you know uh yeah i mean i wouldn't say there was like a moment but i mean just over the years i've never been a good drinker anyways so i tend to not really drink i like beer i love beer so i love beer every now and then but i don't really i don't drink and uh but when i did and do i just not a good person man going back to what i said like that kenny chesney first show night or to when I was in high school, or to whatever, you put some alcohol in me, and I'm just not a good good person. You've so. been in a fight. Have you been in a lot of fist fights? A few. A what few. was the best one? I I I got in a couple of good ones, but uh, I tend to it's when I drink whiskey, you know, Beam. Yeah. When I drink Jim Beam, then I'm fight like for some reason. I got, I got a pretty good fight with Ryan and Rusty and my twin brother and everybody back home in Florida one night, dude. And it was a good one. Who did you fight? All of them. <laughs> all of them at once they'll tell you it was me versus all of them i'm talking like full on i mean it was it was yeah but it was the night that i was completely wrecked and they were trying to just control me and i just didn't want to be controlled so (laughs) i'm a new me man i'm a new me i know i mean that is the beauty of all of it i mean thank god like you know there's no better feeling than being able to like look back at it but it's it's weird when you just get to a, a point where you're just like, I, I don't need to chase a story anymore. I don't need to be the guy at the bar being like, last night, dude, I, I, I cut mean, a guy with a piece of glass, you know? I got handcuffed uh, in Vero Beach in our hometown at 
a steak and shake. That's the only time I've ever been in handcuffs. Like, what happened at Steak and Shake? Knock on wood. Um, I was, it, we played a show, another, another road story, right? We played a show in Melbourne, Florida called the Runaway Country Festival. And my mom, my dad, my sister and her little kids, my Jared, my older brother, like everyone came to the show. And we played early and it was a good time. And uh, what tends to happen, and I learned throughout the years, like, what I do for a living is unlike what a lot of my family does for a living. So like people don't show up at their office and just party, you know, like multiple people at a time, they'll go to my dad's office selling real estate and they just like throw it out at his office. Right. But people tend to come out to our shows, my family members and the ones that usually wouldn't be the, like they're more square, like tend to let their hair down a little bit. So everybody was just rocking. We were having a little moonshine. Somebody brought, and before you know, we were feeling good. We're like, on the way home back to Vero from Melbourne in my bus, everybody's riding. Let's stop at Steak and Shake. We stop at Steak and Shake. They all go inside. And at the time, I had one of these, uh, like, uh, remember the mask from uh, Jackass? It looked like the old man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an I old president mask like, kind of thing? So real, so real looking old man mask. And I put it on, and I, I thought I'd walk off the bus and go in and uh, – give my parents and everybody a hard time, make them laugh. You know, like we, we, we'd definitely been drinking. Um, but it was like my little nieces, nephews, cousins, man, they were all inside the steak and shake. And I guess when I got off the bus, I did not hear the officer <laughs> tell me, tell me not to go in, uh, the steak and shake. And I went in the steak and shake. And, uh, before I knew it, I was on the ground uh, in a stand with the old with the old man mask on, and my parents thought it was a joke. They were like, "Oh, that's funny. You're you're playing a joke. Like it's, you got the cop to like." Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't, man. It wasn't. It was like a huge misunderstanding. It was a bad deal, man. And uh, so, wait, so at what point does he realize you're Jayco? Like, like I mean, or like, did you go? I'm Jayco, and from under the mask. Like, no, no, I mean, he's, we all got off a tour bus and walked in there. I mean, every, all ages from 12 years old to whatever. I mean, I was, when I say I was feeling good, I wasn't so, so crunked up that I couldn't hang out with my mom and my dad and my, like my, everybody was there, but that's what was crazy, man. In my own hometown, our town, like a steak and shake out of all places. I mean, I'm like... In, so how did it end, though? How did it end? Did he just, like, eventually, like, your parents came out? Your niece was like, let him go! I think everybody, like, realized it was just, like, a misunderstanding. And it was... I mean, a lot of it was, yeah, it was my fault, probably. You know, like, I, I, I probably... And at the time, it wasn't... I think this was, like, 2000... I don't know what year it was. 2011 or something. And so they had these... I guess there's these laws that you cannot go into establishments with a mask covering your face. So I, I, I didn't pay attention to that law or did not know that law. And they just, you know, did their act. They did their duty. That's so funny. That's a law. I mean, I guess burglars, but I mean, it's just, now everybody's got, everybody's covering half their face now, man. So bro, you can't leave. You can't walk around New York without that. I mean, it's just like, I mean, Florida, like, I feel like, I feel like though, like when we live in Florida, you get drunk and like some of the stories that happen to us, we're just like, we just think they're normal and then you tell them to people and you're like, what was your life? You know, like how, how did you do, like, how are you still alive? You know, I don't know. I just feel like partying. It, I, the thing is though, is like, 
when you were uh you when you were getting big it wasn't social media like instagram wasn't huge yet like where people could access you especially like females and stuff I, when i first got my record deal uh there was myspace yeah and i had a myspace page and uh yeah, and then I got my record. I remember I I, I, I started on Twitter, kind of joined on that, and it was 2009, so 11 years ago. Because if you think about it, the iPhone didn't even come out until, I think, 2007 or eight. I'd had my record deal in 2005. When I got my record deal, I remember the record company gave me a BlackBerry. To like really? <laughs> they gave you a sidekick? It was a BlackBerry to keep yeah. in touch with like all the radio people and, and everyone. And it was, but dude, it's wild when you just think about how fast stuff like that flies by. When you come home to Vero, like, and you get like a hero's welcome, how does it make you feel? Do you feel like, I'm sure you've like, at first you're probably a little cocky about it. Like, yeah, I am a star. And now you're probably like, okay, you know, I'm just a regular person. Like, does it fuck you up like mentally? <laughs> Uh, no, you're right though, man. In the early years, I probably, I don't know that I was like, I went, I've never gone home going like, Hey, look at me, you know, because I just, I've never been that kind of person. Anyways, if anything, I'm a little insecure probably about it sometimes really, if you want to be honest, because I don't ever, it's just odd. Like it, 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 it became kind of weird because people are proud and we've done a lot of great things for the community. Um, but because of Jared, my twin brother and stuff, he was he was working there. He's he's now we work together up here in Nashville. But at the time, every time I'd go home, it was like I want to go catch up with my family, like we always did growing up. Like let's go to the uh, the sushi spot over in Royal Palm or whatever, right? And we'd go out and like people are just being nice. They want to come and talk and and it kind of takes away from the like catching up with real life family. And it became this thing where when I'd go home, it was always about like me. Right. Like I never got a chance to dive into what was going on at home. And so that, that kind of thing sometimes would wear on us, but like throughout the years now we figured it out and, and, uh, and people are just cool in Vero and like, you know, Vero, man, like nobody cares like what I do. I mean, I'm just, but it's been awesome dude. Last year we raised a million bucks, um, with our charity event with Jimmy Buff that you mentioned. And, um, I think it was close right at a million dollars and, and able to give away a ton of money to a lot of local charities um, so it's been, it's cool, man. Just to, that, that's what I'm proud of. And that's what I like to get. That's what I get boisterous about because I think that's something to be proud of. For sure, man. I, I think it's, I would love to be able to get to a point where I could do stuff like that. It's funny though. Like I grew up in, you know, Stewart, Stewart and Port St. Lucie and stuff. So I didn't grow up in Vero. I went to high school in Vero and grade school. You hop up on stage this year, bro. Give us, give us a stand-up for our we charity. We talked about this before, dude. So when you do charity shows as a stand-up, boy, you feel like charity show you got to your shit back, you feel like? because or, And when you do, is it like totally mess you up? Wait, when what? When what? Like you have to dial it back, right? Like, or do you have to feel like when you are? Yeah, walk- dude. If I'm doing freaking, I can't come good jokes, and and it's like for some girl's cancer benefit. Like, it's not, it's not. It, but you know, like people don't listen. That's the problem. Like music, you could kind of like it could be there. You know, we're having fun, but ah, dude, John, I haven't seen you in a while. But if you're doing stand up and there's John, dude, hey, bro, what yeah, he's pretty funny, dude. Well, let's listen, let's listen to this one, and they've already missed the setup. And so then I'm just dying up there. I did a, I did a charity in Palm Beach, dude. I died so hard. I mean, it was, it's, it hurts, man. It hurts, <laughs> and and like four people are paying attention out of right. out of three hundred. 
Oh, wow. I did get laid that night by an old lady at my grandma's house, so that was pretty cool. I mean, this at, at your grandma's house? Well, I was staying at my grandma's, uh, my grandma Thelma's, and uh, she wasn't there. But, yeah, yeah, it was a threesome. No, 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 she wasn't. <laughs> it was in Palm Beach, and um, I was living there for a while, and, and I just met this woman, and we started hooking up in her car, and, uh, and it was having fun in there. And then I brought her home, and, <laughs> and she went into uh, the bathroom, and she's like, where are all these old people clothes? And my, my dead grandpa's clothes were still in, in the closet. No way. Because I never really made the house my own. So she's like, what are these trousers and shit? And I was like, don't worry about it, baby. You know, this is <laughs> come back to bed, you know? And uh, yeah, that was fun. You know, so I guess the charity worked out. So maybe I will do the charity, you know? Yeah, man. I mean. <laughs> Freaking. Yeah, dude. Instagram's nuts, though. When I'm on the road, I can't like I'm I am probably uh, uh, an F-list celebrity, maybe even lower. I don't even know if I'm on the alphabet at this point. And my freaking Instagram messages that I get from decently attractive, because I, you know, I tour with Nikki and a couple other girls that I've. So you get a lot of, you get a lot of chicks slide in those, your DMs? Dude, insane. What? I mean, so how's that? It's, I mean, I don't know. I was assuming that you have about a thousand times more to me, but I guess when they know you're, situation they stay away maybe no well i mean i don't know about that dude i don't know how people's minds are but i know that uh they're like well i have th- my people to do like or I say, my people you talked about earlier that is a good thing about the people like i was like dude you guys handle this but i'll do my instagram and i'll i like to read like because a lot of people do reach out with things like where you can respond and it it's good, but like that kind of shit too will like really mess with relationships, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I've already dealt with it with lots, and <laughs> and um, so we've we've we don't really, you know. I, and you know, the other thing is like during this whole like quarantine thing. Other than you, man, because you're my buddy, dude. I've been like I've been staying off the whole social media thing because I realized so many people are like like they're at home talking to these, this thing and telling people so much stuff that people, I don't even know that they really give a shit about, you know what I mean? And, 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 and so, and I've done that. I've like done things based off, like, because I feel like I need to do it. Like I need to like fill these people, fill whoever is watching with something so they don't think I'm gone. And I'm kind of enjoying being gone like for a little bit, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I I didn't like that feeling of like, like, Oh man, I haven't, posted anything in a while like I, I kinda... well, I'm, 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 I'm living that so much right now like I mean I've been posting more than ever my problem is is like I don't know like I have to be creative and do shit or I'm gonna go crazy up here because I live in a small apartment you know like if I'm not producing something and I do I don't feel like I'll be like forgotten but like I went from like you you've been successful for a while I just finally like after 10 years of pick, picking up dog shit you know i fucking finally and then it's just taking now you're so rich dude no 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 i'm so far from rich but like i'm saying though like i finally made it so now i went from just finally making it to now it's all taken away so then i'm still like i need that attention no, I I but i think everybody feels like that man i don't think it's just you everybody yeah. feels like that but i started realizing that like for me, at least, um, the attention that I wasn't giving, speaking of attention, the attention that I wasn't giving, like, my little girl will be one next next week, 
and Erica, uh, like now that I'm not worried about the attention that I need to give to that, like, man, I've like got a whole newfound like clarity for what this is, you know? That's awesome. Anyway, not to get deep, but it's amazing when you cut the shit out of your life, like how much better your life is. I know because you can almost tell yourself that, well, no one's doing anything. Like no one's performing. So then there's no competition. So I'm not that everyone has an out of like not competing. So then I could kind of like let my brain like get away from that. Oh, well, what's he doing at what arena? What is he doing at this? And well, that's dumb. I got weirded out too, because when we first, this whole quarantine started, I was really enjoying playing for people like, Hey, I know you're home and I, I know they miss it, but um, I miss it too. But I started realizing like everybody's hopping on live, 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 live. And that's cool because everybody wants to do it. But I caught myself like watching people and then going like, oh man, shoot, I want to watch this person. But then I got insecure about, well, if I leave, is it going to say Jake Owen left or whatever? And then I don't want one of my buddies to think I didn't want to watch him, right? Like they were like, oh, he stayed on for just a minute and then he bailed. Like what, what was my shit not good enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, they won't know that from that. What they will tell is like, you can see when someone looks at your story and then they stop. And if you're following each other, they can see like, oh, do you got through. Two- that, like, do people care? Do people look Women at care. Women care. Women look at that. Women will post on Instagram in their story, like, you know, like a hot picture of them working out. And it's for one dude. Like, if you ask girls, they're like, one guy. That's for one guy. They don't care who else sees it. They just want that one person to see yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking, is there truth to, um, my little brother was telling me the other day, uh, Mike Posner, I know this is like random, but uh, did you help with, uh, Pill in Ibiza, did you tell him? Like, there's a story behind that, isn't there? Yeah, it's funny you asked me that, man. My buddy uh, the other day texted me the whole article, and he took me a video of, of Mike actually in, like, some park outside of Detroit um, playing for all these people, and he told the story. But way, way long story short, years ago on Twitter, um, I, he, I was following him. He was following me. That is what's kind of cool about this social media thing uh, is the connections you can easily make with people and. Um, at the time I was, I played a song out on the road that I used to like of his, that he, that he did with little Wayne called like bow, wow, wow, what you gonna say or whatever. And I played it a lot and he, he liked it and he like tweeted about it or something. So I hit him up. was like, yo, if I'm ever in LA, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out. I was in LA staying at my, one of my favorite places there to stay is Sunset Marquee in LA. And, uh, they have a studio there. And I just texted him, was like, hey, I'm in town. Are you out here? He's like, yo, it's my birthday, dude. It was, he turned 26 that night. It was his birthday. He was out eating sushi with his buddies. And so uh, I said, hey, I'll, I'll get the studio at sunset if you want to come over. And let's just like hang out. I'd love to get to know you. Maybe we'll make some music or something. We ended up recording a song together that we wrote called It's My Birthday. Uh, and it's actually pretty solid. Never, never did anything with it. But it's, uh, while we were in there, the story goes like, it's what people do that are artists, right? Like play a song that came in, you know this. And then you're like, here, you play one. You, and he was telling me, he's like, I wrote this song about a girl that I used to kind of mess around with. And then I kind of mixed it in with this other girl. And it was kind of a story about all these girls. And then the rest of it, I just made up. And I said, I said to him, I was like, well, why don't you just tell the truth, man? And I said it because in all the songs since I loved growing up, they were all country songs that told the truth, man. Yeah. And he, I think he thought I was a dick when I said that. 
And he said the next day on the plane to Russia, he had to go to Russia. He just started writing down the truth of the time. He, you know, I took a pill and visa to show Michi I was cool. And he said it changed. That song changed his world too in a cool way. So I'm super proud of that guy, man. And he's the nicest, greatest guy you'll ever meet. I, I yeah, I I, fo- I started following him. I love that song. Like I really do. I mean, it is. It's just one of those songs that is so damn catchy and so damn honest. You could feel the honesty in it. You know, especially. But he, uh, you know, he walked across the country, and I started following him. I do think it's funny when someone doesn't follow one person. Like he doesn't follow one person on Instagram. And I always wonder what that's about. Like I always think that those are like the craziest people that follow nobody. It's like I, I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like it's like a choice for sure. Well, I think a lot of people probably do it because they're like someone like you is like, why do, would they not follow anyone? Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, you give them credit. Eminem doesn't do it. Uh, Louis C.K. never followed people. Uh, like there's certain just Pete Davis. Yeah, I don't know. Just like I don't know Pete Davis. Right, but I don't know if it gives off the vibe that it's like, what you don't give a shit about anyone else other than what you have to say or your, fo- you know what I mean, or your photos. It's kind of like, and then don't get me wrong, I love my poser. But it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of rude, you know, to people. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. We got to take them down a peg. Freaking, yeah, dude. I mean, when you, uh, have you, I heard that there was a story that you were going to be uh, the country singer on Little Nas's uh, song. Yeah, Is there truth a, to that? Yeah, yeah, it's a long story, man. I mean, there was no necessarily nothing written in the books about it, but I did write a verse on it, um, and uh and it was supposed to kind of work out. And then they had Billy Ray Cyrus do it. And you saw what happened to that song, you know, but it was cool because uh, they ended up doing a remix and using some lyrics that we wrote, like on that young thug Mason Ramsey remix. And uh, How is that a real sentence? <laughs> young thug Mason Ramsey, you know, it's just that Mason Ramsey guy. Dude, I, I like him, man. I, I like that little kid. Although I, I feel like, I don't know. He's got an interesting, like, have you ever well, met that? Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to him. Like I told you, and I, even at my age, at 22 or 3, when I got a record deal, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I'd been to college. I'd already partied. I knew it. But this kid, I mean, he doesn't know anything. And he's out there confident as hell just doing him. And, and, he's, and he's a great kid. He's got a great family. His grandparents take good, good care of him. They're good people. Um but man, he's, it's cool to see that. I think, I think it's good for our, our business. So like it's good for countries. A lot of people hate on the kid. They're like, what? That's just like, but I, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't hate on people. Like, I, I just think it's like, you're, you're just sad with your life. If you're hating on a kid like that. I mean, really, I mean, what is like, <laughs> people love to hate boy. They love to hate. Yeah, That's a good song title right there. I'm going to write that song. People love to hate. No, just love to hate. Oh, love to hate. Like, how do you go from love to hate? Hey, know? man. People, oh, just, people I, love to hate, you know? Oh, hey, I do like that. Write I that down. Shit. Well, now, like, in five years, you're going to be like, dude, how did you come up with love to hate? Well, you know, it's all. Love puddles. Yeah, dude, from Puddles, bro. Dude, when you do, like, um, yeah, I was thinking about this because I was thinking about stand-up with writing your own material. And like how frowned upon it is if if you're not writing your own jokes. Like there's certain comics that they're 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 known to have like writers that like like help them out and shit. Really? And I I didn't know that, but I don't think I don't. Why is that a problem? There's other people that are that I'm sure. I mean, 
just well, bit- yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. But for stand up, for some reason, there's a there's a stigma to it. There's a stigma to to not writing your own shit. Well, who's like a super famous comic or something I would know that might have like that I have- can't. Yeah, I'll tell you off air. I don't. Uh, know. Yeah. So it's not. Oh, so I mean. I mean, why is it like, why is it not? Is that because of the stigma that you feel like people can't openly say it? Yeah, I use people to help me with jokes all the time. Like, for instance, like, guys, I don't, don't get me wrong. I know stand up is going to be way different than a guy like uh, Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. But those guys have, he has guys writing jokes for him all the time, which helps him be funny and make, makes him. But I don't know. See, the thing is, there's people that come to Nashville to write songs, and that's what they want to do. They don't want to be the guy on stage. Yeah. They want to write great songs. And let the guy that wants to sing that out on stage do it. Then again, there's people too that would love to be the guy on stage that just said never made it there. Uh, but I find that interesting. I mean, there's something too. I mean, yeah, I get it. Like if you're writing for a late night show, like for Kimmel, or if you're writing for Fallon, or if you're just even writing jokes for a TV show, yeah, there's plenty of TV writers. But I think that that's where the line is drawn with stand up. It's like, oh, I wrote the shit myself. I performed it myself. Like there's there's just a a level of like, like yeah, I think, there, I think that's all like, uh, but yeah. like with country music, like, like, so like, I don't it, think if I'm sitting in the audience, country music fan, or if I'm sitting there as a comic and you told me a joke that you didn't write, but your buddy did. And like somehow or another, your buddy's benefiting from it a little bit. Getting, I don't know how, how that works with y'all, but like, I got buddies who that like that wrote songs that, that, that I've recorded. Like my bet, one of my best buddies, I, my last song went number one. It was his first song he's ever had, Go Number One. He's making some bank off of it now. Like, to see him benefit from that, and I got a great song out of it, it's like, that's what makes our community awesome. Everybody's lifting each other up. I, I mean, fun. look, look, it does. Like, you'll sit down with a friend. Like, I've sat down with Nikki plenty of times, and we've gone through jokes. So it does happen. It's just not, like, uh, set in stone. There's not, like, I feel like with country music, it's, like, it's like a thing, you know? It's, you know? But I think uh, – I think there's a thing for us where too, where a lot of people feel like in order to validate yourself as like this legitimate artist, this like critic worthy artist, that's, you know, singer songwriter extraordinaire is that you write your own stuff and you don't record any outside songs and whatever, you know, but it's like, what's like, <laughs> like I recorded songs. Well, him some of his biggest hits. He didn't write. And George, who's, Jones, who? who's this? Dude, Johnny Cash, George Jones, George Strait, Al Jackson. <laughs> Oh, I keep going, but I mean, tons of them. I know. I was like, well, I know, I know George Strait is very known for not, but do you, so you don't, do you feel though that like you could maybe, and now, especially with the time off now that you feel like you could be, you write with other people, but do you feel like that there's a connection to a song that you feel stronger to because you did write it? Like, do you, or is there like a way also, like, are you more afraid to not, have a successful song if it was all on your shoulders does that make sense no it doesn't okay <laughs> i wasn't trying to i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to dig either because i'm just messing with you no it, i i see what you're saying um i don't think man i've always said this like to me i've i just go after the things that i like believe in or i think i hear that that is I mean, I, it's been rare that, that I've ever, I don't know that I've ever released a song or recorded a song that I really didn't want to record. You know, I think you hear these stories where like record labels, like, did they make you record that song when you got a record deal? And it's like, no, I mean, but you got to hang your hat on and live and die by whatever you choose to do. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. There's definitely songs I've recorded that I look back on and I'm like, that I probably shouldn't, <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you love old country, like, and then you're doing this tour where it's like stripped down. Is that? Do you feel like the older you get, the the let like you'll go after more songs like that, that like old school kind of country. And I know there's like a lot of haters that are like, this new country shit, man. I like fucking Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie yeah. Nelson, and that's it. These fuckers don't know, like they're adding all these guitars. Like, I don't know, whatever it is. But like, you know, I, I, how do you feel about that with like the new versus the old? Because you do, obviously, you just don't look at it. Like you don't separate, you don't, like separate no man i i think if you're can make any kind of music and make a living making music not only make a living but be able to support other people and their families like it's hard and um i'm really proud that like the things and choices that i've made in my career have like helped me do that for people and other artists out there are doing it so like like you said earlier about the mason ramsey thing like dude, i'm not gonna hate on anybody i don't i'm just I do what I do, man. And I'm, there's a lot of people out there that <laughs> probably hate my music. <laughs> and I, that's cool. That's cool. But like, I've always said that music's like art. You know, it's like just a subjective kind of piece of art that somebody like will live with, like, and hang it on their wall, like there's a picture or something, right? And live with it and walk by it every day. And just that's something in their home. And then there's people that would, you walk in someplace and you see a picture on a wall, and you're like, I would never, ever hang that in my house. It's kind of how people are with music. Like they just, if they decide they like it or not, and it's one way or the other. And the thing is, if you're like a guy to moving to Nashville and you're like, I'm only going to do old country. There's no way, like comics do that shit too. They're like, they'll be like, I'm not going to do act outs. I'm not going to like, you end up like putting yourself in this bubble and then you're just angry all the time and you're never successful. So, I mean, you know, um, but yeah, dude, I like image. Is, I feel like is it's tough because like you want to like if you wanted to like let's say Eric Church he puts on his Ray Bands he's like Mister like hey I'm a tough guy do you ever want to be like that guy you know what I mean because like then because you're more like fun like more like a Kenny Chesney kind of person I feel like like that like do you even think like that like how my brand should be and shit no nah, dude I I don't care I mean I. People have their thing they do. And I, I, one thing that I think anybody would tell you that's a fan of mine or has seen me play is that like, I just try to make people happy, man. And like smile. And I have songs that mean things to people that are more in depth that aren't your beaching or your barefoot blue jean night or whatever. But like when people tell me, they're like, dude, you're like the soundtrack to our summer, man. Like you were all like, people will go, I remember that summer and Barefoot Blue Jedi came out and then or Beach or whatever these songs have been for me. Luckily, it's helped me be kind of like the, the breezy sunshine kind of Florida guy, you know? And um, I like that. I'm not trying to be anything but that. And, and even knowing that I've had a great career with that, like music is so like, we're all just a little piece of it that, I mean, there's the Rolling Stones, and you're like, how could you beat the Rolling Stones? Well, then there's Bruce Springsteen, and people are like, how could you beat Bruce Springsteen? Well, then there's the Beatles. Like, dude, they, nobody, everybody is just a little piece of this thing, so I'm lucky to just freaking make music, dude. So I don't really, I don't hate on people. I don't really care, but yeah. Dude, I love that. I do. And now, um, what are you thinking about, like, with this going on right now? It's weird, because you're out on, like, a ranch, pretty much. Like, you social distance your whole, like, you know, whatever, like, is it weird, like, going from that to now when 
you're around people, it's gotta, it's gonna, are, are you nervous going forward playing shows or? Man, nah, not really. I mean, I, no, I, yeah. I, I really, again, I, I, I like making people happy. I think that's what they need in life the most. That's what I need. I need I, that. This is why I do it. It makes me happy. I will say that I don't know that meet and greets will ever be the same, which <laughs> to be really transparent and real, uh, anybody out there watching, like I'd like meet and greets. It doesn't bother me, but like there's a thing too that have always been on those meet and greets or it becomes a little, can be too over touchy feely and stuff. And like, you never, you don't want to let someone down. So I don't want them to think I don't want to hug them. Like, how, like, you know, if you're doing that with a hundred people at night, not only for yourself, but think of the other people that you're hugging too. like, there's a lot of interaction between that. So I don't know that that'll continue to happen as much, but, uh, uh, what was your question? I don't even know. To be honest, I don't even know. I don't even know, bro. <laughs> I guess it is just like the, 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 am I scared? Like, no, I'm scared, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like when I leave the house, I can touch a doorknob and get Corona. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in it, you know? And so I, I'm just wondering how people are dealing with it that aren't, like, faced with it as much, you know? Because it's like... I mean, look, there's people out there that are like, it's fake. They're blowing it up on the media. There's people that are literally dying, and it's not, you know? And so everybody's got their opinion and stuff. I hate opinions, dude. <laughs> I hate strong opinions. Well, I'm not give you, that's why I'm not going to be like, oh, I think this. Like, the fact for me, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm trying to spend, like I said earlier, I'm spending an incredible amount of time with my family, appreciating the fact that, number one, we're healthy. And number two, um, that, that we're blessed enough to have a place that we are not, we're not worrying, you know, because we have a one-year-old, and uh, that, that's a little scary. But, um, you know what, I, I'll relate it to something that was, that was like, really unfortunate, like I, a couple of years ago, and I don't really ever bring this up, but I, I was on stage in Las Vegas um, when that guy started shooting everyone. And uh, we all were scared, and there was 58 people that lost their lives that night, I think 59 maybe. And you know what? Like people didn't stop going to concerts because they thought that the, they, I mean, that, oh, I'm worried. I'm not going to go because I'm worried someone's gonna, going to do this to us. Like, People just believed in the happy side of life and they believed that music makes them happy or whatever else, and football games or whatever. And, I, and I'm not saying that we should ever underestimate, and here I go giving my opinion that I said I wasn't going to give. I'm not saying we should ever underestimate the, 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 what this is we're dealing with right now because kids are going to learn about this in school 20 years from now, like the time that the country shut down. Uh, but, man, there's things in our life that makes it beautiful that we're all living in that I think like we all need to figure out how we get back to that because that will breed more happiness. Anyway, I'm with you. I'm with you so much. <laughs> so what I, the answer is I'm not scared to get out and do that for people because I feel like that's my, that's what I'm born to do. Not to mention you, you overcame what you just mentioned. I mean that, I mean, you have to have some kind of PTSD when that kind of, I mean, we don't have to get too much into that. It's a pretty dark subject, but I mean, I mean, there's probably people that do. I've been fortunate enough to not. And I mean, I, I don't try to think about it a lot, but I have a lot of people that are my, my people, my friends, my coworkers, lots of people that were there. I have friends I met that were injured and, and, and people that I know people whose, whose significant others lost their lives, but those people, those are the people the ones that are still alive right now that were there that night, that for all of us, like we're all going to, I know that 98 to 99.99% of those people that were there that night 
were there because they, they were wanted to be there. They love concerts. They love the way music makes them feel. And they're, they all, I've seen them all hold flags for the last two years, like up at shows. Like I was there that night. I was there. And I always hug them because it's like, we're still here. Like you were, you were not only there, you continued what you did that night and we'll continue it all together. And I think, dude, that's what it's about. I mean, so grand scheme is I don't live my life walking out of the house any day worried about what could happen. I just, I'm trying to live it the best I can. And I think if we all do that and be safe about it, then yeah. No, dude, that's, that is a great analogy and a great way to look at it, man. I, I, I know like, uh, you know, Nikki had like, um, a stalker uh, at one of the shows and, uh, and it got weird. I can't tell like all the details, but it was like, it was like that feeling though of like who's gonna be in the audience, you know? And then once you start going down that route, boy, Ozark, dude, every day you're just looking over your shoulder, bro, bro. That was a weird show. We were doing shows like I'm sure you've done these like out in Tulsa and shit. Like I was doing like in the middle of nowhere, like like, and then one of the shows was in the middle of nowhere, and this guy just showed up and was like pretending to be the manager and shit, like weird shit. Wow. Like yeah, like it was fucked up and so like yeah and then you have to go out and perform like an hour later people don't like realize that like there's some fucking crazy motherfucker i'm sure you've dealt with some fans that are like fanatics where it's like okay this is scary now right like uh or sort of man but i've always been again like i've always been like really friendly and interactive with people that are fans of mine because that's what they are that's what they want they want like they they love something about what you do and they kind of want to get to know you more than just the guy that sings the songs and i've always tried to be that same real person to them and it's been in all my years all the people that i've kind of maybe let in closer to me than i maybe people think i should they're all great people that live normal lives that are just like that they're not the crazy people like you might think right I think what happens, I think sometimes it'll be like, dude, don't let that guy in your circle. And it's like, I should be worried about you, you <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, because you're just trying to get me, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, Hey dude, what are you doing, man? I'm, you're my friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyhow, dude, I really do appreciate this. And, um, I hope you had a good time. It was a really good conversation. I really do. Uh, Absolutely, man. I was, you know, I was, I was excited to catch up with you and you have a funny show, man. So I was like, shit, I hope I'm not, we're doing this late night tonight. I hope I'm not like, I put my little kid down and came out here and I was like, I hope I'm not, you know, bringing you down with these. No, man, this was unbelievable. I, I thought we had a little taste of everything. That's what I try to have on here. Like I want people to laugh, but I also want them to, you know, I like talking about, you know, whatever. Like just, right. I think it was great. It was sentimental guy. You're sentimental. I am sentimental. I could be vulnerable. I could be, you know, I, I it's funny. It's like with stand up to be sentimental. Sometimes it's hard because people are like fucking pussy. Like, you know, what are you doing trying to get likes based off of how sad you are? And it's like, bitch. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um is there i mean i guess you could plug your instagram if you want i mean oh uh yeah i mean i don't know anything that you want to plug (laughs) (laughs) i want to plug the show puddles man that's what i want to plug is you bro i'm proud of you man it it is super cool to see you just making your way dude making your way up my walking dogs anymore man 
I'm not walking dogs, dude. I was a full-on comedy writer for an e-show, like, and doing stand-up every weekend on theater shows. And walking dogs? Huh? And walking. And yeah, no, no, not walking. I haven't walked a dog in about seven months. <laughs> I hold my roommate's dog's ass out the window and just let it shit. That's what I do now, you know? <laughs> but anyhow, dude, check out Jake Owens' music. Go to his concert when we finally can do this. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again. Puddles, puddles, everybody now puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. You're standing in deep, you're getting real wet. You ain't that deep because you're kind of shallow. Shallow in the brain and shallow in your heart. You'll never get that deep inside the water, girl. You'll never get that deep. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles, everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. Yo, when you're standing in the puddle, you don't know where to go because you're so deep, you don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, I don't know how wet I am because I'm so wet. That's who I am. I'm so wet, wet, I'm so wet. I'm so wet, I'm so, so, so wet. Now come on in. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, 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 everybody now puddles, puddles, everybody get up because you get down and then everyone will come over here. This episode of Puddles was recorded at Remember to be Happy Studios. Production by Becky Rodriguez and Tanner Williams. That's Human Places, The Ease of Three, and Lil Kinky 69.